21CL Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the program. You're listening to the Education Vanguard, and I'm your host, Michael Bowl. Today's guest is Juan Pablo Romero Fuentes, a CNN hero, all the way from Guatemala. As educators, improving the lives of students and how they relate to the world is an essential part of what we do. If you're an international school teacher, life is usually stable and your school is well-resourced and ready to go. However, if you are from Guatemala with an unstable government, frequent violence and many other hurdles to your success, you just might want to give up what you are doing or maybe not even try. CNN hero Juan Pablo, my guest today, took on those challenges and created a program that addressed the fundamental needs of students in his hometown. Listening to him overcome the obstacles he faced helped me to have a perspective on what I saw as difficult in my own world. Enjoy the conversation. Juan Pablo Romero Fuentes, welcome to the program. Uh, Thank you so much for this great opportunity. I'm so excited to share with you everything we're doing here in Guatemala. Well, we're looking forward to hearing your story, all about El Potojo, the community program that you've put together. And why don't we start off with you telling us more about this program? Because it sounds like when you read about it or hear about it or see you speak about it, it sounds like it's a school, it's a clinic, it's a community center, it's almost a restaurant. I mean, what is it? So this project, um, it's an experiment. It used to be an exper- a social experiment that I started 13 years ago in, in, in the garage of my house. Um, I was born in a neighborhood that was not a good one. Uh, it was considered a long time ago to be as one of the red spots, red zones, dangerous areas in our country, in our state. Uh, so the reality there for us as children, uh, it was something that you guys read in the yellow papers and on, on the newspapers, on the news, you know, the, the killings, the drugs, the organized crime and everything like that. We had that, and we grew up looking at that as something normal. Anyways, uh, when I was uh, 19 years old, I realized where I was coming from and the reality of my community, and, 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 I, and I think, and I thought in that moment um, that I was a very lucky you know, person because most of my friends that I grew up with, they were dead. They were gone. Some of them in prison. Some of them disappeared. Wow. Some of them consumed by drugs. And then I realized the reason why. Why was this situation or this reality happening? And I was the only or the few, one of the few that didn't go through this uh, negative aspect. So I, I, it was very simple. We didn't have any safe environments to go. And the school that we went when we were children, uh, they didn't actually function the way they were supposed to. So in our country, there are hundreds of public schools, but the mm-hmm. fact that they exist doesn't mean that they function, right? And ours was one of those. So I decided to create uh, a safe environment. And, you know, it, the most safe environment for me when I was growing up, it wasn't the street. It was my home, my parents. Uh, uh, I was very lucky to come back to that place called home. So I decided to start something new for my community, especially for the kids of the community that I grew up based on that love as a family. So I opened the door at the garage of my house. I, I, I stood up there for 13 or 15 days without knowing exactly what I was going to do. Uh, and, and but So I was telling the kids, hey, I'm opening a school. Would you like to come in? And, uh, you know, the concept of a school... 
wasn't the greatest concept. So the kids didn't like that idea. So <laughs> everything changed when I started, you know, uh, I asked the question, the big question said, hey, I'm opening this space. Would you like to come in and see what you want this to become? And then I just created the opportunity for the kids to speak out. And, you know, so that's how the project started. And it became a community environment, a community program for the kids to to come at and to be safe, to play, to talk about reality, to talk about their families, their issues, their fears, mm-hmm. what, the things that they were happening in the street and their homes. And, uh, and you know, and that's that's how it started. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. So, you know, you started with that small group. Obviously, there was a need and lots of people came. How did you figure out what to do next to keep it so well, it's still going? It's a, I, I thought it was going to be very difficult for me uh, because I didn't go to university to study education. I'm a self-taught social activist and musician and, and teacher. So I was just putting in practice uh, common sense. You know, uh, trying to do the research uh, based on of what I call in Spanish la pedagogía de la pregunta, which is mm-hmm. uh, how how can we put that in English? Do you, do you, do you, the, the, it's something. It's like asking the question, right? Exactly the the importance of asking questions so people can start expressing themselves, and I believe that's the basic pillar of education, at least of modern education in in developing countries. When you get a chance to speak out, doesn't matter what you have to say, but the fact that you're speaking with no with, with no fear gives you the opportunity to take all this data, those this information, and write new school plans, new ideas, new new strategies, new theories for these kids to learn without repeating the same things that they get at a random normal educational system, tests, mm-hmm. homework, memorizing, you know. It just gives freedom of, of thinking and critical thinking and opinion. So everybody's talking about things that actually happen on a daily basis that they need to fix and understand. Mm-hmm. So we created a, a, a nutritional program. So I was just asking, have you ever, did you already eat? And they said, no, we're hungry. So I, we can teach or do anything if you guys are hungry. And they were pretty much, yeah, so that's, do you have something to eat? And that was like the biggest thing. Do I have something to provide to this community? And uh, then I realized other programs like the the situation of these kids' families, no job, no money, no resources, no motivation, no self-confidence. So it was just like a normal thing to be poor and, and sad and angry all the time. It was, it was the rule. It was the norm. The second element was uh, when I introduced the idea to uh, a doctor, to a good friend of our family, and I said, I want to create a clinic for these kids. I need to know if they're healthy. And he said to me, do you have an idea of how hard it is to open a clinic? And I say, well, that's what I'm here talking to you because I don't know. So can you tell me what to do? And he said, I'm never going to forget this because he was telling me with a big smile, a little bit of an irony. He said to me, you know what? Paint a little room into, in white, get a chair and a table. And if you can get a small bed, I'm going to help you to open a clinic. Oh. And so he thought it was something funny and I actually took it for real and seriously. So I actually went back home, found a little room, painted into white, get some third hand chairs, some tables, clean them, put it nicely. And I just got, uh, and I got a, a small bed there 
And then the next week I came back with my friend, the doctor, and I said, hey, I did it. We have a clinic. And he looked at me with this face of, what the hell? And he just joined with me and, and jumped into this adventure. And from that day, we have created a beautiful clinic that had provided to hundreds of kids access to health and care. Uh, I worked for eight years working on the you know plan and all the legal aspects until I was approved by the government, and now we are an official program that provides ah, nice. uh, education. So, yeah. You, you start with a small group, and you've grown it, but you must have support from people and fundraising and all those things. And how, how did you learn how to do that, and did your family help connect you to others? Like, where did that support come from? The most important thing, that's a great question. The first thing, before I started the project, I used to be a private teacher in a Catholic school. So I was getting paid every morning to go and teach English, to go and help and do some computer stuff, uh, some music. So I was getting some money. You know, I was having I was very lucky to have a a job at that time. Mm -hmm. And with the funds that I was saving, I had the after program school until I decided to 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 start and just do this for, for the rest of my life. And I took some of the kids that I was teaching there to my house as well with the kids of my neighborhood. So I put them all together. And it worked perfectly. And then I just uh, had a, I put all, everything on paper, you know, everything I do, I write it about. So Mm -hmm. it's, I'm writing on a theory. I I really want this process to be studied in universities and the new modern ways of teaching. So it's not just improvising or random stuff. Everything we do, after doing it, we write it. We, We talk about it. We discuss, we study what's happening or not. So based on that, I created a project. I did a business plan for 10 years. For the, ah, okay. And I presented that to different, play, to different people that I was very lucky and I had the privilege to meet 10 years or 12 years ago. And I was also very lucky that after a year of running by myself the project, the second year after uh, starting it, I was very lucky to get some international funding. So I hired a really cool team that... Mm-hmm. You know, help me to spread and create a professional, solid uh, strategy of education. As this program started to grow, since you started it at home, what was the reaction of your parents? Were they like, oh, no, what's he doing? Or were they like, yes, you're the best son in the world? Or maybe a I little think it was, the first, <laughs> it was the first part of that line that you just said. My dad, <laughs> because, you know, my dad was a very... Uh, intense social activists while he was a young person. Uh, okay, so maybe he saw a little of himself in you. Yes, exactly. And at the same time, because of the things that he did, which obviously I wasn't even born by that time, he was very afraid of me doing this because I was going to start something against the system. You know, We're going to create mm-hmm. in our own house a place for people to think in a critical way so they can actually have a speech and something solid with, you know, real information to talk about. This is not good in developing countries, you know. Uh, so he said to me, please just do whatever you want to do. We trust in you. We love you. But please understand that while you're starting here, it's something that is not good for the system. So just be careful and promise me that you will never make any profit or money or think about material stuff because this is going to be a social service to the people. If you can just promise me these two, these two things, we're going to give you the entire house to do your community program. Now we have our own land. Uh, I gave back my house to my parents. They are back again to their old house. Oh, they, 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 
They told me, do not change the murals, leave it that way. So Juan Pablo, I want to ask you about, uh, well, a little bit about you. What The program you've created must take a lot of energy and a lot of your own mental resources. What, what were two or three things that keep you going that you wake up in the morning and you keep on going and wanting to grow it? Sometimes I would think you just want to take a break. Yeah, look, taking a break for me has been my personal challenge. Mm-hmm. So, but when you do what we do here, when you see the kids happy and strong and healthy with a mind that is full of ideas that are, and, and ideas that can actually be done, you know, not something this, something like utopian stuff. No, something that it might, you know, you know that you have to go through an educational mm-hmm. system with a lot of resources that you can do. When you have this in your mind, when you know that you're providing to the community these kind of environments, these kinds of opportunities, taking a break is not, it's a privilege for you. Well, for maybe to ask you about what you're looking to do, um, you, you're looking at, I mean, it seems like because you're spreading out more internationally, you're talking to more people, you're spreading your message. Are you looking to grow the program or? which I'm sure you are, but you're looking also to have other people repeat the program maybe in their country? I mean, are we trying to create more Juan Pablos out there? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Not about Juan Pablos because, you know, but um, <laughs> yes, right now uh, my plan is to create three big centers in Guatemala right now. The first one was created in my house, the seeds. That's where the seeds came and uh, we were providing the right uh, resources for these seeds to become, you know, flowers, the, the Guatemalan spring, right, the, of education. So all the kids had already their, the best schools in the country that we created with the best system teachers. Second step, how about teenagers and young people? Where are they going to go? So we're building that right now. And the third part is mm-hmm. building a campus of uh, like, a, like a, a, mi- a mixture of like a Silicon Valley, MIT, kind of stuff, very Latino, very brownish, very Mm -hmm. cool, with a lot of rhythm, but also with a lot of technology, with a lot of agriculture, with a lot of things that can actually help you to set up your own programs, businesses, and take your own decisions in life. All of these three elements will become the methodology that we are writing and the the methodology that we're sharing to the world. And my dream in Guatemala is to build our own university that can actually help the kids to finish their careers while they're they're working here and starting to become responsible citizens. Once we got the university, we're going to open 50 places in the entire Latin America under our philosophy and try to expand later if, you know, life gives me the chance to to see this and be, you know, <laughs> part of this history, that's the plan. So, Juan Pablo, we're coming towards the end of our program, and uh, I always like to think about a future question. So if we were going to talk in 15 years or so, I wonder what sort of questions or problems you'd be facing. For example, would you be thinking, oh, I'm on school number 550, how do I get to 1,000? I've already opened six universities, or I don't know, where do you, where do you think you are planned to be or hope to be in about 15 years? In about 15 years, I was more than talking about education, which is going to be something that I've been, I, will be do, I will be doing for the rest of my life anyways. I think I we're going to be talking and try to find answers. How do we make money, right? How do we change an entire country economy so everybody likes to stay and feel mm-hmm. in, enough motivation and, uh, you know, find the, the right environment for their ideas to actually be developed, um, right now, I think in 15 years, 
uh, every center that we created won't be uh, funded by anybody, but it it won't it will be self it, they will be self sustainable and run by their people in their own context with their own rhythms uh, according to what they really need and two things and answers that actually help them to solve mm-hmm. the problems that they have on a daily basis. Juan Pablo, thank you so much for your time today and everything you're doing for the education community in Latin America and hopefully soon the rest of the world. So thank you so much for opening this important space. This interview was brought to you by 21st Century Learning International. Find us on the web at 21clradio.com.